Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face. On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world. So, shall we begin? Hey everyone, Toby here. Welcome to a brand new season of the Yellow Pill Podcast. It's season 7, baby. Um, If you haven't listened to our trailer yet, you can still go ahead and give it a quick listen where Wally and I just chat a bit about what to expect this season. But anyways, episode 1. We talked about the art of conversation and the idea around this episode was just trying to observe and explore what we think is happening to this sense of being able to have and hold conversations with people these days. Not just in person, but also online as well. And also kind of like what makes online conversations conversations a lot different and if actually what happens in those quarters like twitter and instagram if those are actually conversations and then you know just exploring you know things like small talk you know what exactly is that about and how do you make that work uh but we wrapped up the episode sharing a few tips around how we tend to have good conversation but okay sounds like a very weird episode to begin the season right i wouldn't lie but the idea and i think what we're really trying to pass across was you know some things that we think we know how to do like how to have conversation if we actually sit down and reflect you know there are definitely ways we can improve the way we tend to have conversation with people right um in this world where there's just a lot of confusion and there's a lot of you know intent that is not being passed across and people judging people by words and all of these other things i think that's sort of what spurred this episode so we hope you enjoy it it's a pretty not lengthy listen it's about 90 minutes which is like the typical standard but anyways give it a listen let us know what you think um you know tweet about it share it with a friend and we hope you come away with something as you always do on most of our episodes anyways catch you at the end of it anyways welcome back to season seven yo we're starting our seventh season i'm not having that i'm not having that it's too late it's you, good to, it's good you to gotta you, it's you good gotta to have you have gotta words. have uh first you're rocking your chair you're like uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. mate uh, it's, it's a day. special special night special day mm. not not right. n- yeah maybe we're back special sir. day bro special yes. day bro special special night um oh my god i've just gone through some um altercation on whatsapp speaking of today's topic it kind <laughs> of fits it kind of it kind of fits my experience in the last hours of of, of today's evening but yeah mm. people we are back for a brand new season of the LOP podcast. Season 7, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. I keep telling Toby that this is our lucky number. I don't know what the luck is going to bring. Not sure. Um, I don't know what people expect in such situations. But mm-hmm. I'm just feeling lucky. I'm feeling lucky, baby. I'm feeling lucky. Is it my fault? I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> You're manifesting luck. <laughs> Maybe it's a coping mechanism for the kind of... Um, next two months that you're going to face stress in your life. <laughs> uh, I'm turning my inner joker where I channel um amidst chaos you become uh, you laugh at everything but yeah welcome back people it's good to be back and today's episode which is our very very first is one which I think may surprise you depending on how you sit on ladder of surprises and I say that because when I told um. So, so I told who did I who did I tell? I can't remember. Who, no, it was no, it wasn't you. Anyway, mm. ignore who I told. But yeah. the topic might just come as surprising because you might just be wondering why conversations. Mm. What about conversations? How is it going to play down? 
and I'll I'll be honest, even me myself on the other on this point of the mic, I'm also hoping to see how it's gonna play down. Hmm. But before I go on, say a word to everyone, bro. Come on. I, I kind of already did, but hi Have everyone. You? Yeah, I I I started off with my <laughs> a cowboy. Welcome back to to the to the Yellow Pill podcast. Um yeah, I'm, 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 I won't say I'm a bit tired, but I've had a long ass, long, long ass day, um, sort of. So I'm going to bring my A game. I'll try my best to bring my A game, but it should be a fun conversation. But again, like you said, it's, I think it's also a very, I, I don't really don't know how this topic is going to go, uh, because I guess you give the background to why we're talking about this today and we'll see how it goes. But there's a lot, I think there's just a lot going on in the world that has to do with like, people saying things, people saying things back, people understanding things that people have said in the way they choose to understand it. And there's just all of that going on. Um, and that could be, that could factor in this episode in a way that we don't plan. So excited, fingers crossed. Absolutely. So here's something that we need to just lay, lay out now. Hmm. I mean, I need to lay out now. And it's just based on what you just said. This world is made up of human beings like me and you, right? Mm-hmm. And in one way, to function together as social beings, we need to communicate. And thankfully, we've developed this complex language, languages that we can understand and used to you know, express ourselves in, in ways that we want, to get what we want or to connect our emotions, etc. Hmm. Now, in doing so, sometimes we have conversations, sometimes we just have blatant utterances and they just hmm. go on a short basis. But most times, there's often conversations that you know, that gets extended and that reflect how we actually feel, what we actually want, or what we want to do. Mm. Now, I find that, you know, we're living in a world where, you know, we don't know what we don't know that we don't have. And... <laughs> you understand your sentences. You, 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 it's become a, a constant feature. We'll continue. <laughs> What I mean is this, right? So when we say, what, is the, what makes a good conversation? What is the art of good conversation, right? We might be okay in how we speak and not know that how we're speaking currently to each other or our conversation styles are not enough or not good enough, rather, mm. right? Or we might just be okay and we know that it's not good enough, but we don't care because it's doing the job. Right, so that's mm-hmm. why I gave that thing that you that you directed to in, in that sense. Mm. But a lot of our issues that we're facing today stemmed from miscommunication and the inability to have a good conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's because, as you said just now, some people hear what they want to hear. Mm. Some people engage in discourse conversation just because of an outcome that they want and they want to bounce off. Some people do it to pass time. Mm. Some do it, of course, to have something meaningful out of it. Some, some do it to sustain relationships because that's, that's how you progress in a relationship mm. with somebody, whether it's a colleague or a personal relationship. But in the end, if you look at all these motives that, we've raised, that I've just raised, right, it seems like the most important one is often the least prevailing one, which is to sustain meaningful relationships. Mm. Right? Um, and I ask, so, for example, just this evening, I was having... Um, a conversation with somebody via text, right? And this is somebody that is in my work environment. Mm. And she got upset because I said something. No, I asked a question about something that she gave me, right? Mm. 
Okay. I, I, I took that as an insult, right? Mm. And then, and then I'm trying to explain myself and say like, I'm just asking a question. I understand that me asking this question itself can upset you. Mm. That's fine, right? But this is just me asking a question, and that's because I felt I don't have it in my head and not tell you because you gave me this thing, and it, I, I think this thing you gave me is a bit somehow was a bit somehow mm. from from what I learned from other people. Mm. Now, from that interaction, every response I was getting was not what I was saying. So it was a case of she saying that I was, I was accusing her of stuff. Mm. Um, she's saying that, you know, like having throwing backhanded abusive responses. Mm. So like, you know, when, like, you know, someone and like, this is you in like passive aggressive way. Yeah. Um, you know, like just requesting to say, okay, okay, bring, bring the thing back or let me send a video of proof or just things like that. Mm. And I just feel you're not hearing what I'm saying. Like, mm. You're sending me this this 50 pages of text, but you're not actually rec- recording what I'm saying, like, mm. back to you. You're actually just creating a scenario, mm-hmm. right? And planting my words in the scenario and then acting on it. Yeah. And I just, and I, and I just said, you know what? That, let's just pause tonight. I know you're upset, and that's fine. I'm sorry you're upset. I'm sorry I made you feel upset. But let's mm. pause tonight because I, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm being heard anymore. Yeah. Right. And then we can try again tomorrow if you want over a face-to-face conversation if mm. you want. And if not, I understand. Mm. But that still does not seem enough because that was then followed up with another kind of response that had yeah. nothing to do with my proposal. Mm. So I guess that made me feel like this is something that this is a good example of a conversation gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Where one person is articulating something, right? Mm. That has triggered emotions in somebody else. Now, while they're, while they're okay to react how they reacted, right? Because anybody gets like anybody here. Yeah. They are not, their responses are not matching what the person has said. Mm. And their new words and their, and their new accusations or their new arguments are, are based on things that were never mentioned in conversation at, at, at all. Mm. And then yeah. that way, there's an impasse between two of us. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm done. Mm. So yeah. from that, I think that's why I think this is a very, very important topic to have. Because first of all, we had picked this topic before this issue happened. This is just an example just to, you know, to give, mm. right? Mm. But I think this example is just to show how some conversations, some occur out of somebody just trying to, make a point across regardless of what they've heard mm. and these things lead to an inability to reach common ground mm. right some people don't even want common ground yeah so i guess our job today is to try and understand where do we fit into this narrative of conversations when do we know when common ground is not the interest of conversation how do we know when a conversation within our limit it's within our limits to help us um have a meaningful relationship with somebody mm. what what are the threats that we face that can impact our conversations and make them almost futile yeah right and, and what just makes a good conversation and this could be on any level on like a romantic level or personal level or a workplace professional level as well 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for you, I've I've, I've given a long intro as I always do. <laughs> but yeah, what do you think about like when you hear good conversations? What does that make you? What, what um, are the first words that come to mind? Yeah. So, so when I think of good conversation, either ones that I'm involved with, like primarily, or ones that I'm overhearing or seeing, I think I'm very glad you didn't start by saying good vibes, but continue. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, it's, it's first of all, when you get the sense that um, the message has been passed across, right? Right. Um, I think that that's the major thing because that's the purpose of communicational conversation for messages to be passed across. So when, you know, the intent of the message has been passed across and received the way the intent was meant, I know that sounds technical, but you can almost tell when people are talking and, you know, there's agreements, there's nodding, there's, you know, body confirmation of them agreeing to what they've said, um, or he's agreeing to disagree, whatever way. Um, but even instead of focusing on sort of like what I think good conversation is, sometimes I found myself, like what this is certainly described, I think I'm almost non-confrontational in most cases. And so I, would, I wouldn't even get as far as you have in a situation like that, right? I tend to just mostly shut down or just filter out stuff that, except obviously it's a conversation that needs to happen. Like maybe, maybe in a work setting, I think that's different. In a work setting, you kind of like have to have this conversation, stand your ground and do this. Yeah, but honestly, because like you're going to see them anyway. See, yeah, yeah, you need to do yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, in like casual conversation and friendship if you are safe what you are saying is not it's not competing in my head or i just i'm not i don't think you're trying to communicate i just think you're doing whatever and this might not be an argument because i as you were talking i was remembering random examples because recently I, you know i went to hang out with a couple of uh, my dance community and um i noticed that when people are sharing certain kinds of stories and i feel like all they're trying to do with their stories are to elicit like emotions and reactions like maybe you're sharing a bad story you're recounting a bad e- event and you're just adding your spice to it and you know, one story is leading to another story and as more people are responding and being like, oh my God, oh shit, oh damn. Like, those kinds of things turn me off. Like, I would literally zone out of the conversation and like, I don't know, there's just, there's just something but then, about... But at those conversations though, aren't, aren't those like one-sided... Um, narrations. Narrations well, of events. I, I guess they're, they're kind of, they're kind, because again, you're, you're, you're talking to an audience, right? Right? Um, and... You know, you expect to get a response. People are asking follow-up questions sometimes. People are saying, as you say this, people are saying their own story as well. And, you know, the idea is that there's a central narrative, right? And everybody's trying to contribute to that narrative. That's kind of like a conversation in my, you know, the way I'm looking at it. But there's just something about the way some people decide to tell their stories and try to communicate that just turns me off a lot of times. And then they now start to ask me that, oh, is something wrong? And I can't really articulate the fact that this conversation, I don't want to be a part of it because I don't really see the purpose in it. Like, all we're doing is just validating some weird kind of like, you know, I don't know how to put it to status. But anyways, um, when it comes to, um, you know, conversations and things like that, I think what I'll just say about that is that I tend to, if, if messages are not getting passed across and I'm involved primarily, I just tend to zone out of it and just not try and resolve anything. Um, the only time I've really done that is if like I'm in a relationship with the person when I feel like, okay, this is something we need to have a conversation about. And so I can maybe press a bit more, make sure that I'm being understood and things like that. Uh, but maybe I'll share a quick story in the sense that sometimes in the middle of a conversation, you feel like you're understanding what's going on and you're saying what needs to be said. But then you now review the conversation. I think texting gives you the ability to review certain conversations. And sometimes when you go back at previous conversations you've had, you realize that you missed something. Like something was lost. Because there was just something in your mind that you wanted to say. Because sometimes I look back at some conversations that I've had and the way I remember it is very different from how it actually went across, 
right? And mm. then I'm reading back at it and I'm looking like, ah, oh, Toby, you should have, like this person was saying something, but you didn't really, you understand, you already, because I, as I was reading, I was remembering how I was feeling in some of this conversation and I realized that my responses were based on the feeling I was feeling. The emotions, the yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah, the emotions yeah. I was feeling, yeah. So, um, I guess that's that. That's something that we're all we tend but to then be again, sometimes guilty of. That is that is very hard, and um, because while you're in concern with somebody, and which is why I was trying my best to be as um, what's the word? As cordial, open, was cordial, because yeah. I just, I just, I just wanted the flow that emotions were talking in that mm. sense. But you can understand that because when you engage with people, again, depends depends on who. We're talking about right, but mm. let's take a step back. For example, so when we go introduced into this texting world as like a very quick, dynamic, fast-paced way of talking and communicating, and I'm mm. thinking first, I'm thinking about is the BlackBerry, mm. right? Yeah. So this was 2000, and I mean, depends on when <laughs> when your money <laughs> when your money came through, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This for me, this was uh, oh, nine, oh, nine, 10, 2010, but yeah, I, I know it was, I know it was year two, mm. yeah, I know, I think it was year two for me that I got a Blackberry, so that was 2020, 20, 10, 11, I can't remember, yeah, anyway, one of the things that that obviously gave us, um advantage for was reaching out to random people, but no, not random people. Mm often people of interest, yeah. right, of the opposite sex. You get that pain and you heat them up and talk, right? Mm. Oftentimes, you might make a friend, maybe in class or whatever, give me a pain, exchange your Blackberry pain and you talk. Mm. But what I, I was thinking about was that when I look back at that period of the cold, cold, what's the cool word for toasting now? I don't know. I'm out of it. <laughs> That's be a cool well, word. Cycling is <laughs> no, cy- cycling is so old. Moving, yeah, moving, moving, moving to, to someone. Yeah, no, but moving to somebody is not. It's not toasting. It's just, it's just like, it's like a precursor to that. <laughs> ah, somebody help me out. Anyway, but when we were actually pins, like for example, for example, for like romantic motives, you know, I remember yeah. the, how how the chats would often go, right? And the mm. chat, oh, the conversation always had rules. Because we all knew that we had about a few moments of text to either get a not not a yes from the girl, but to get the girl to not delete your phone, delete your number, or mm. keep talking to you, right? Mm. And this is from the average person speaking. And those conversations will often go in a way that were unspoken, unspokenly scripted, where mm. one person, mostly the guy like myself, would hit up the babe on the uh, on Blackberry pin, mm. make up either a good funny story of her DP or, wh- or where you met her or where you know her mm. or just be upfront about where you go her pin, right? Mm. Be- before she asks you that question. Yeah. Right? And that was often like the opener that was very, very common back in the day to talk to somebody, right? But nowadays, right, I think that shifted because... Nowadays, still on, still on mobile texting. Mm-hmm. Not sure because obviously we have social media f- for this game now, and what happens is people can just view who you are mm. at a glance, 
and then that then corresponds to how your conversation goes and happens. So for example, mm-hmm. if you DM somebody on Instagram, they can see your page, see what you're about or whatever, and then boom, you're, you're less of a stranger to them. Mm-hmm. And then the f- lines of chat that follow from the initial joke or hey or banter that you hit the girl up with is already elevated because she knows it's either worsened or made better based on what she thinks mm. about her profile. Right. Mm. So my point is, how do you think this change has happened just on digital front? Because I think my, my point is back in the day, because we did not have this, uh, what, what would you call it? This exposure to our lives on social media. Mm. I was a lot more creative in my conversations mm. and Blackberry pain. Yeah. Right. I was a lot more creative in my conversations because I would always think about, I would listen more. So you look at the words, you listen more. I mean, people still listen now, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying, we're not always online on social media. Like, there's nothing to express ourselves on a post about then, back then, right? Mm, so yeah. all you heard was to make up the idea of a girl from the words she was giving to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then you are creating a conversation that you, are, you want to ensure that she is taking part in and not leaving. Mm. All right? But now, I think our pages being so everywhere has given everybody shortcuts to make a decision before the conversation even goes to that level. To a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Right. So that's one change I've seen for me in the last, what, 12 years about conversations online. Mm. I'll, I'll, we'll come on to the face-to-face one in a second. But what do you think about, mm. about what I just said? Yeah, I think I completely agree, right? Um, things have definitely evolved and... Our, our lives being online have altered the way we approach certain kinds of conversations. I would say some people are still very much traditional in that sense where, you know, they still try to be creative with their words. And I think now there's been a push for people to sort of like rediscover that feeling, right? So that's why people are doing the whole um, before and when I be, how we met, how it's going. You know, you know, that whole, th- there's this trend on Twitter where, you know, you kind of like take a screenshot of the first conversation or first interaction right. you and your significant other have and then all of those things and you can see some creativity in some of the things people are doing so i think there there's the camp that still takes the all available information online and still incorporates a bit of creativity into it um yeah go on. did you ever find or notice the problem we all okay let, let me say we all we all because you may not be in this camp hmm. but did you ever notice this issue of conversation amongst us when we're growing up in the sense that for many, for many times when we engage in conversation with people, again, text, often text, mobile phone chatting and stuff. There was, there were certain times that people you meet that you realize that they don't have any, even including me or you, mm. don't have any conversation skills because all we mm. do is <laughs> ask questions. Yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah. there's a format of, hey, hey, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. You, I'm good. What's up? Yeah. Right? Or, 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 that doesn't happen in that order, but Mm. there's a dominant person who is just asking the questions and then that becomes more like an interview. Yeah. Right? And for them, those those are conversations and they're happy to keep in that. Mm. But I think it it took me a while to realize this because I think I was often in that camp sometimes where I wasn't having a conversation via text, right? I was actually just having either... interviewing somebody or being the interviewee yeah yeah in that sense yeah but it took me a while to realize that actually a good chat on the phone is talking about what's going on around you 
the person mm-hmm. feeding up from that and then right, continuing as an example yeah. and then continuing that mm-hmm. and it is less of a question based conversation but more of a um talking about my experience either in the moment or in the past and the person yes. following up from that yeah yeah pretty much pretty much pretty much um and <laughs> you know maybe this is actually a good place to to introduce uh, some of the things that I have done in the past to kind of like mitigate that and again guys as you're listening to this this is just again a conversation that is organically developing but i'm going to mention something about this whole i don't want to make it about online dating because conversations happen outside of that but primarily that is that's, true yeah i think that comes up so much now because the stumble blocks of conversations happen when we have such intentions with strangers yeah possibly yeah, it's- yeah, it's more, it's more, it's more apparent than like. But actually, work. maybe later we can actually try and dive into conversations diff- with um, just other people. regular friends and yeah, yeah, same sex and professional settings. Yeah, absolutely. So, but but for this question and answer thing, I think I'm trying to think back to when we're sending SMS, right? You buy hundred naira, each one was like one naira, and you send messages back and forth and text people back and forth. I think even then, I was never. I just felt bored by this whole "how are you" thing, so. I always used to go above and beyond and I think my 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 joker was really to over like divulge a lot of information right and be very be very open right how so much like, is a lot so like instead of instead of saying if the person asks me what am I eating for example instead of just giving a direct answer of this is what I'm eating like I probably give the process of me choosing what I what I was going to eat how I'm feeling about eating it now and sort of like everything that went on in and around that decision of choosing to eat. Now, they didn't ask that question. They actually just asked a simple question, what did I eat? But because me, like I know if I say that, then it's just be another, I would have to ask, like to be fair, I used to protect myself, right? Because if I give you a lot to fish around with and I usually try to make some of the things weird, like I put in a very random point in there that normally you're like, why is this guy even sharing this particular detail with me? Like it just stands out. And I think I usually use it to filter people that have some sense of conversation because people right. that yeah people that know that usually pick up on those things like you've just divulged this very <laughs> interesting and then they pick up on that and then it just continues like that and there's a lot of lols and all of those things so i think even in the texting days like sms that was always a thing for me i don't know why but it was always a thing and i then brought it into like this whole online dating scenario, Tinder and Bumble. Now, I, I've said this a couple of times on different podcasts. I don't like Bumble that much. Or I like Bumble, but the fact that ladies have to start first. Oh, fun fact about... Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. That's, that's yeah. bad conversation in my last country. <laughs> but go on. Fun fact. What's your fun no, fact? No, no, Okay, fun fact about Bumble. Um, I read just like two days ago that... Yeah. There's a report that said Bumble... Please, please fact check me on this. Anybody listening. Yeah. Bumble women are feeling disempowered now because... Even though they, they they text first, yeah, men then choose by men then choose who they want by choosing who they reply to, yeah. Oh, so okay. now it's like the power, yeah, yeah, yeah. They still land that power imbalance again. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised because what point? It's actually related to the point I was going to make that right. Okay, I almost prefer Tinder because like the unspoken rule is that generally the guy will message first, and so with that I'm able to set the tone right and give you enough to work with. But if on Bumble, yeah, the person is going to message me first, and all you send is a hi. Well, like it's really hard to move on from there. It's you guess like. But then the high yeah. is not a high of saying hello. The high is a marker of the floor I mean, is yours. Yeah. Show me your dance. 
I know, but the thing about it is that on those kinds of platforms, right, how you start off determines the rest of the conversation. So e- even that the high, true. even the high of let me show you your dance, like even me when I say hi on Tinder first, like it's a high of show me your dance or do you want to do this dance with me? But I'm not just playing stupid music. I'm playing music that it might be engaging enough for you to dance. But if you just come and say hi and I say hi back and how are you? You say fine. It's weird if I then up the game and start to make something up, like maybe I now crack a joke, right? It's it's very hard to pick it. Like I, I usually try to pick it up. But I'm just saying that generally one of my reasons why I don't like Bumble is that but by the time the ladies messaging first, a lot of people just you know, say hi first and it just kills conversation from there. But um, my problem with also online things is that I actually don't like making friends online that much. I prefer having enough context about you, right? Maybe we're going, going to the same church, we're in the same office. I already know a bit about you and there's this shared points that we can come and then start the conversation from there. But online, it's almost like the only shared connection is that we're online on this thing together. But I don't know what your intentions are. It's just all of these things. And because you're now trying to feel, tease out that information, it now tends to feel like an interview, right? As much as you don't want it to be. So my trick, and I'll stop talking here, is that I actually disarm that conversation thing by just asking to play a game of 21 questions. So you know 21 questions ah, are coming this your, up. This is your game. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh and my to be days. Fair, the, only, the reason I do it is because it actually helps the other person as well. Because some people say, oh, um, um, I want to have a conversation with you, but... I don't want I don't want it to feel like an interview. But then you get in the conversation with them and they're not giving you anything to work with. You understand? Right, yeah. So at that point in time, it's like you say you want to have a real conversation, but you're not putting any effort in. So how do you want to make that work? So I just Yeah, but doesn't that go back to our point of not, not everybody knows how to and not everybody that, knows what the element of conversation should be like. Yeah. Because it is not something that we are taught. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We are, you're just you're just expected by, by society to figure out how to gain such skills in the social world. And, yeah. you know, if you're very good at it, then you can maybe use that as a selling point in your, in your line of work or as a mm. business or whatever. But mm. the rest of us, the rest of people, rather, are just, like, having to fend off by limited knowledge of consumption that they have with whatever mm. area they want to use it. And yeah. then you mentioned something about the online world. And, I, and I've been thinking about this lately. And one thing I've been thinking about is, I mean, not one thing. One, one conclusion that, or assumption that I've made from this is that I think that sometimes because we have the access to people at any point we want, mm-hmm. right? Do we think that we have to have conversations with them? Hmm. I'd... Or rather, let me, let me phrase that. Yeah. Because we have an easy access to everybody who we probably know, Mm-hmm. whenever we want via a cell phone does that make us increasingly think that we, we have to be in conversation with them all the with time. them as a as a marker of our relationship and if yeah. we do hmm. does that make that conversation then meaningful because every chat you have with somebody is a, has a purpose mm. right and when we finish that conversation we evaluate it subjectively and classify it as positive or negative experience mm. right now this might be sounding very very oh i mean i i don't talk to somebody and then go go back and write down the scores of conversation <laughs> i don't do that i know no one does that but mm. it sticks i think it sticks by by default because if someone talks if you talk to somebody and then you go back feeling weird you know mm. you're feeling weird yeah you're feeling good no you're feeling good you're feeling eh 
you feel you're feeling eh. Mm. Right? But yeah. if we then have, if they make evaluations of good or bad experience of conversations based mm-hmm. on the outcome of the conversation and based on how we feel, how it made us feel, right? Those two things. Mm-hmm. Does that then mean that because we have access to people whenever we want, we can then talk to them? We feel like we feel like we can we feel like we should talk to them every time or whenever. But that feeling of having them available then diminishes our ability to have good good conversations with them. I don't know if I've mind uh, mind <laughs> your brain right now. No, no, I, I I get what you're trying to say. Let me try and rephrase because I think yeah. if I've if I think I've confused you, then I probably confuse somebody listening. Mm-hmm. My point there is like if we have access to people whenever, wherever, always on the go. Right. Okay, let's do it this way. What Game of Thrones? If, if they want to yeah. send a message to somebody in from the north to I can't, I can't remember where to 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 the west, for example, yeah. they send a pigeon. Yeah. And in that one A4 note you have of plywood paper, mm. you construct your message in the most meaningful way you can. Mm. Right? Because that's all you have. And pigeons are probably going to fly for like three days. Mm. All right? But if we have... And, and of course, chance. yeah, that, that means that because you have less chances of reaching out to them, because, because the effort involved is so, is so rigorous, mm-hmm. you have to make your point of conversation or your, your words or your expressions very, very meaningful. Mm. But if we then have this opposite end where it's just like, boom, 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 easy on the eye, does that then impact our decision or our mindset towards having good quality, quality conversations because we know that they are always there? Yeah. So, and, so, and because we don't pay enough costs for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I think like, you know, rationally you have a point, right? And it is true. The, no, the, I'm asking I'm, a question actually. I, I don't know if question. I have a point. Yeah. yeah, no, but okay. I'm saying that there is a point there because, um, but I also think it also has to do with like individuals and how they value certain kinds of conversations. Now I'll say something here. So in terms of this instant messaging thing, I've never really like, I think as I've grown older and whatnot, I think there's certain friends that I have that um, we know that the instant thing doesn't doesn't work for us, right? We don't do that, and I've had friendships How where, do you know? we've, um, because like even when we're, when we're texting, like it's it's long paragraphs and and all of these things, and we sometimes resort to voice notes because we understand that that uh, carries yeah, a lot yeah. more. I have certain friends that we'd actually exchange emails, like long ass emails. So we might we might be texting day to day, sharing banter on WhatsApp, but sometimes we take time out to like just construct emails because this is like, One of my like fears with emails is that it lasts forever it lasts forever yeah so um but but i also think it's a, it's a different kind of because i was talking to a friend recently um and the only time like social media for me creates a solution that you're in people's lives when you're not really right um that and then true. and so you know sometimes when you now reach out to them and you discover there's just so much about them that you don't exactly know anymore and for me generally i'm kind of okay with that because i don't think we're built to have multiple connections at the same level of intensity of all the time but i also think there's a difference between like a functional conversation like i need something from you you know because if you think about your relationship with your parents it's not every conversation you have with your mom or dad that is very like deep and profound and you come out with like some insightful whatever some of it is just functional close the gates put the fire yes, on the thing use, do actually. something mom i need books for this so like that that exists um in itself and i think 
sometimes we put a lot of pressure on because we have this access we now put a lot of pressure that oh you know all my conversations now have to have this like meaningful thing but sometimes functional conversations are fine like if the only time i text you is to ask for something like depending on our relationship that shouldn't necessarily be an issue i don't know if that's the point you're making but i do agree that um you know once you have this access to everyone um it's sort of like there's a lot of diminishing returns there and now you're not putting any effort into your conversation so instead of taking time to write how you're feeling you send it how are you business how are you back hope you're good hope everything is fine oh yeah the family is great da, 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 da. Oh, it's great catching up with you and that's it but if you actually miss the person in real life and you haven't seen the person for a week you know the kind of conversation that might happen between you guys so i don't know so it's like kind of, it's a double-edged sword um what do you feel about sense. small talk um people have different opinions about small talk yeah and i think small talk is probably much more common in the west than than um than back home um mm. i mean i think a big thing so, so it depends on what you i guess it depends on how you define small talk because good point so let me give an example of small talk that you've my probably witness around mm. here. So I'm walking down my corridor. I run into a colleague who is a colleague. I know I know he or she is a colleague. I know they're a colleague. They know I'm a colleague. I know their name. I've seen mm. them for years. Yeah. But we don't hang out or text on I don't have their phone number possibly. Yeah. Small talk could look like this. Oh hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. What are you up to? Just getting coffee. Oh, mad. You? Same. How was uh, your work going? Good. Not bad. Ugh, tired. You? Ugh, I'm all right. I'm trying to wrap this thing up, but hopefully I'll get it done, sorted. Looks nice outside. Oh, yeah, it does. Today was actually good. Sunshine. I love that. Okay. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah. That, that's an example. Yeah. Now, people, I know, I know people who say they hate such interaction because they feel like again it's meaningless mm. right what do you feel about that do you ever experience that okay let me let me see where i stand first actually before, yeah. I, before I ask you um so i think small dog is good because i think if, if it depends on what space you are in but i think some interactions again they might be annoying because obviously it's like you know where it's going to end you know where it's <laughs> going to start it's yeah. a pointless waste of five minutes, 10 minutes, if longer. But I think it's a way to practice a, 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 what's the word? Practice a social play. Yeah. Where you just remind yourself that, okay, I can still function socially mm, in the world. Yeah. But yeah. more importantly, you can extend a duration of conversation, even though it's just small talk with anybody that you have nothing in common with, even a, mm. even a possibly a stranger for a length of time. Yeah. And I think that shows a measurement of some level of social ability. Mm. So that's my stance mm. on that. But I have yeah. friends that I just say, fam, that was just a waste of my five minutes. Like, people actually avoid you sometimes to, they know uh, you. to avoid small talk. Yeah. You yeah. know, th- th- that thing happens. And I get it, some people have bad days, but is it that deep always? No, not really. So, so, so I think I'll, I'll give sort of like two accounts here. So I think small talk has its place because if you think about it, if um, you see a stranger on the road that has just been, uh, that needs help, right? You don't know this person from Adam. Um, you know, your natural human tendency might be to like help the person or whatnot or maybe look around to see someone else can help them. But if maybe 10 minutes or one hour ago, 30 minutes ago, you had had some small talk with them, 
you know, my guess is that your feeling of, oh, I know this person would be a bit more in that moment. So that's to say, I give that kind of like weird example illustration to show that there is some value in sort of like the exchange that happens during a small talk. But I also am of the camp that sometimes I don't like some kind of small talk. And I think it's mostly in like the professional context, even though now I've started to like, you know, be less averse to it. But like, I don't like going for networking events a lot of times because like, yeah, I just don't, I, I don't like conversations happening that way. Like it just feels a bit forced to me sometimes. Maybe that's just all up in my head sometimes, but I just, I, I don't, I don't like it that much. I, I have to really like ginger myself to do that. But I can run into someone on the road, like, you know, and if I see we have something in common, I can go. I don't have a problem with that, right? Um, I, can, I can make five to ten minutes happen without feeling too stressed out. But mm. in a professional context, it just kind of, like, does that for me sometimes. So, but, but I get why people might not like them um, or think they're pointless. Uh, because some people, though, that's all they do a lot of times. Like, they just come and they don't read the room sometimes and they're just trying to make a conversation happened that shouldn't be happening in that sense or stuff, basically. Mm, mm. So what, what do you think it means like to feel heard and understood during conversation? Because I was talking about how earlier in, in my, my chat with this, with this girl, like I, I wasn't feeling like I was being heard and I just said, nah, I want to exit. But like, you know, if, if, if we want to mm. achieve good outcomes from conversation and have good experience with that positive, what does it mean to feel heard in the conversation? Um, I think it's kind of like, obviously, the point, when the points you have in your head or the feeling that you're trying to communicate, when you sense that the person has gotten it through either the way they're responding to what you've said um, or them just agreeing, you know, and be like, oh, now I get it. You understand? So I think that's, yeah, I think you start to feel... I think you, you almost start to know when you're not being heard. It's easier to tell when you're not being heard than, you know, I guess mm. to identify. So it's almost like a, a negative kind of test thing where, you know, you know you're not being heard, you know, when you're not being heard pretty much. I don't know how else to put it. But pretty much, yeah, you're trying to pass a, <laughs> you're trying to pass a quarter across and the person agrees with the points that you're making, then it's fine. But if the person keeps saying things and not getting your points, then you don't feel like you've been heard um, is what I would say is the default way. Yeah, because I think, Conversation is a collaborative activity, and it's it's not a, it's, it's, it's not a dictatorship. It's not a one-sided thing. It's not a contractual basis. It's collaborative, and that means mm. that you know, even though even though what I contribute is an act of me being an autonomous human being, right? The overall conversation that we're having, me and you, for example, the goal is to get to mutual ground, and I think. Mm. That is that is one way we can start batting our conversations is that we have the goal of this is to get to mutual ground. It's, it's, not, it's not for me to tell my terms. My terms, the mutual ground can be for my terms to be heard, right? Mm. But I also have to understand that the other person also has their own goals too mm-hmm. for the conversation, yeah. you understand? Yeah. And if, one, if we're be asking, well, how do we contribute? How do we achieve a mutual ground? I think one of the ways from, from, from things I've read a lot, a lot about this is, is the idea of the idea of expanding the, the least collaborative effort because the most minimal effort you spend in achieving common ground, that means you have a better conversation because you're not expending energy and, and lack of shared language a lot, right? Because mm-hmm. all of us want to, because we want to be understood, but, but we also want to be understood efficiently as well. 
So, I mean, somebody can understand you by having to consult five people, but we don't want that. You want them to understand you in a very, very efficient way that, that they don't have to go through um, five water loops and rain, 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 rainfalls to try and get what you're trying to say. Mm. Right. And in doing that, I mm. think that's what makes, you know, chatting via text harder because if you're in person, you can use, you know, you, you have these visual cues that help, like maybe nodding your head or like make, making those sounds. Although people, yeah. people argue that say in person that you, that you don't need those signs. I think some people do. Some people f- feel that they need that to get going, particularly if you're somebody who's listening for a long time, somebody's talking, mm-hmm. you might want to just show them something um, every other minute just so that I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still listening. Yeah. You know, you haven't lost me because that didn't encourage them mm-hmm. to keep speaking in my experience. And because mm-hmm. like whenever we're together talking, we definitely monitor um, our body facial gestures without even thinking that we're monitoring it. Yeah. Right. So for example, like when for you sure. get tired and I'm talking, I know that you're getting tired. I'm like, guy, come back here. Wake up, <laughs> wake up, wake up. Yeah. And that kind of thing. And when we don't have this kind of audiovisual um, in-person mm. interaction, it means that we're then spending much more efforts in order mm. to, you know, show those, show those um, cues that we are listening, which is why yeah. writing via text, I think, is a lot harder. I think everybody will agree with me anyway. It's a lot harder. And that's why we have mm. things like images yeah. to help. Images are so, so useful. Um, I, I used to form... I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an emoji person to... before, but honestly, yeah. I've learned last years how useful they can be in a way to communicate emojis. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're, I think they're definitely a very nifty invention or creation, right? Um, and even just the LOLs and the LMAOs and things like that. You know, people say, oh, um, and again, I, I used to be of that camp before, like, oh, you don't need to put LOL in everything that you're saying. But sometimes, yeah. all, all those, all those LOL can just used to soften a blow. Because you yeah, say it something... Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. No, LOL, I don't like LOL because it's just a deceptive Russian spy of a word. Because mm. today, today mm. it can be used to make a sarcastic comment at you. It can be used for passive-aggressive behavior. Yeah. It can be used to say, oh, this is funny. It can be yeah. used to make you feel like you're welcome. It's such yeah. a it's a bunch of it's a bunch of different things, right? And it's it's like the the art of conversation is really a like if you try and break down all the like apparent and you know imminent things or things that are on the surface or, or beneath a conversation in the middle that you're processing as someone is talking to you, you just realize that this is actually a very complicated thing or it dance is. going on right now. You understand? And that's why it pains me a lot that um, we now are in this generation where people are quick to make assumptions and just lock things down based on like one or two words in a sentence or something. And you're like, why are you acting like everything is is that straightforward, right? And it's quite it's quite annoying because you know. So I'm doing this. I won't call it a, a theological course or anything, but it's kind of like oh. this. Um, it's by the okay. Bible. Yeah, it's by this Bible. It's by it's called the Bible Study Project. So. Um, you know, just doing a deep dive into understanding the narrative within the Bible and things Sounds like familiar. that. And one thing, yeah, they're on YouTube a lot, but they now launched an app and everything. But one thing I've now, one thing that I'm learning a lot more, which I already knew, but now I know and I have the tools, I'm building the tools necessary to be able to decipher these things, is understanding that, like, the times, the times in which the Bible was yep. written and some pieces or literally pieces are written, 
they have a lot to do with how you choose to interpret the text. So if you now come with your Western yeah. knowledge of this is how stories go, this is what I can expect my plot to look like or the setting to look like, and they now impose it as you are reading the story, some of it might make sense. But a lot of time, because as we that write, we're deliberate about the words we choose. When you want to send a message to someone, sometimes you choose a word because you know it's going to strike one chord in that person, right? And you, that's the chord you really want to strike. So you choose that word instead. So sometimes it's, it's a word that you think about in one minute, but we, we, are, we selectively choose these things, right? And so um, what I'm just trying to say is that I think this, this conversation and thing and this conversation thing, like we don't need to drop it at the door when we now go online and you're reading someone's tweets and all of these things, right? Um, I think this idea of social media has introduced a lot of good things, but I don't know, like I go online each day and I'm now just trying to read beyond people's texts and, you know, what's the person trying to do here? Or, you know, what kind of emotion is a person trying to elicit? But all that to say, I think, you know, it's, it's important for us as human beings in this day and age, particularly in this time, uh, to be a bit more deliberate about how we choose to enter conversations or interpret conversations or have conversations generally. And knowing when, you know, someone has ulterior motives. Like we've we said this at the beginning of the podcast with the whole thing of Joe Rogan and everything that is going on. And, you know, what, what I've seen a lot of is that people that, like they don't, they're not a fan of Joe Rogan, right? They're not, they don't, they wouldn't jump up and defend him, but they've seen the both sides of what's going on and they're like, something just feels very off about this attack that this particular person is getting. You understand, right? And I think, you know, you can tell the kind of people that are coming at it from a, I need to put myself as this social justice person that cares a lot about this thing. And the camp that I align to is talking about this thing in a particular way. And so these are the words and this is how I'm going to talk about this thing. And then you know when someone is really actually trying to learn about something, right? Because, you know, um, and it's funny how, I think what Twitter has helped me see a lot of times is, you know, a lot of times you're in your own echo chamber a lot of times, but if you decide to venture out a bit more, it's sometimes actually helpful to see how someone else is thinking about the same thing you're thinking about. But don't get defensive about it. Just try and see why the person is thinking that way. Because, so Jorogan said something, I think he said something about how, um, it's just conversation, right? You know, like he's not trying to do any narrative, like he's just having a conversation, right? And then I heard that and felt, yeah, that's true. Like you can't not talk about certain things. But then someone else brought a point in and the person was like, oh, but we've said it's just conversation about some things that are very wild, right? So what, what what's to stop this from being one of those things where, you know, someone can call you saying or you having a conversation with a racist or someone that is actively out to kill you. Like, you can call that just conversation, but is it just conversation? Is what the person was trying to, the point the person was trying to make. And I don't think I've described you well enough, but yeah. it was just an alternate perspective. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, you know, we can't use the, it's just conversation to get out of certain things that are more than just conversations. And there's a point there as well, right? Um, but I don't know. I, I'm all for balance these days, right? Um, but not like full balance where, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it beyond that. But anyways, I don't know how we've gotten to this point. All I, I think, wanted to just... Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to comment on the Rogan thing because that would just be um, another tangent. <laughs> another, that yeah. would go on. Um, but I think what, there's something you mentioned earlier about about Twitter threads and stuff. And, I, and one yeah. thing I've always said is a Twitter thread or an Instagram comment section or whatever... Those are no conversations. That is not a conversation. Whether even if you're replying to somebody and you're talking, that is mm. not a conversation because that medium is just not a conversational 
channel as simple as that in how it functions right and going back to your point about energy i think you mentioned people's energy earlier and how they come across um when we're talking mm. about small talk i want to ask you a question because i think sometimes like if you go if you go to how we experience conversation the language that we use as you said one word can strike you know a different emotion or whatever the language used affect conversational experience right mm. and most times like we often choose to we yeah. often choose to like diverge or converge from uh, people that we're talking to and one thing i've always i've always been keen on understanding or getting people's point of view on is the idea that when someone approaches you in a conversation with let's say in a very very hyped energy right either in person or in real life <laughs> i mean either in person or via text as maybe they yeah. send hey like five wise and like five exclamation marks right mm-hmm. or they see person and they're like yay and everything do you feel like you have to match such speech behaviors and do you, do you, and do you think you have to match that for the conversation to go on or do you think it doesn't matter um interesting one because i'm on both sides because i can be very animated um when i'm saying hello to people that i guess i care about and everything i can add a lot of even when i send voice notes to people i start off with a lot of energy um i think it's almost a situation of shared understanding if it's someone i don't know then maybe i shouldn't be be i shouldn't like put that i should make like if you're meeting someone that you don't have any pre-existing relationship with like maybe a baseline and just default greetings are fine and you can build up from there but once there's context and existing history and if you're known to be that person I don't think it matters if the person responds in that same energy. I think what would, where things change is when, you know, the person veers away from the consistent picture you have in your head of them. If every time I say, hey, to you, Wale, you're like, guy, you've come again. And then on a new day, I say, hey, and you don't say, guy, you've come again. Or you, you say something a bit more, like, different. Then I know, okay, either something is wrong, and then that's a cue for me to follow up on. You understand? right i always think of these things as a dance so that's how i would respond to that so i'm not there's a little black and white of it's like oh you know um you always have to match people's energy i think it's just that you have to be consistent with what your own energy is if the so if if the first time you said yeah go on on. no 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 finish finish no no actually i I was done i was done i was kind of like done there are you sure Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah i think i actually disagree i think you have to match it because i found that Whenever I, okay, here's mm. the dilemma. So let's use the example of somebody giving you hey with five Y's and five exclamation yeah. marks, for example, right? Yeah. And, and I just say, oh, hey, what's up? I have found that that dampens their enthusiasm, even if, even if it's by just 5%. For sure. Right? And if I react to that, hey, with five Ys and five exemption marks, with, with even 10 Ys and 10 mm. marks, they go on that, that journey of conversation with me and then, and then they're just it's, just, it's just a happy home conversation from that point on. But at the same time, me doing that means that most times I have left what I'll call That's my natural say. zone. Yeah, yeah. Right? To match a conversation. So, question now is, are we allowed to sacrifice sincerity <laughs> sometimes for questions to go on particularly when we are, we've said we want to get to this mutual ground place with people 
And if somebody, because yeah. personality cannot be separated from conversation. Yeah. So, you know, right? before you wrap up here, I think what I would say is that it depends on the intent and purpose, right? Because, so for example, you send me hey and I'm in a bad mood. Me not responding with multiple hey's should be maybe a cue for you to be like, oh, is something wrong, right? And then I can then tell you something. But if, you know, you send hey to me and I'm doing social dance with you and decide to send hey back when I'm not feeling too good, how long can I keep that up for, right? And, you know, would we call that effective communication if you leave that conversation not knowing, maybe I didn't want to share, if I chose not to share with you, then that's fine. And if I don't want to bother you with it, then I respond with your energy. But some me, whenever people don't return the energy that I'm given, I, I take note of it. I try not to read too much into it and just assume it's just one of those things. And then maybe drop a few more prompts or a few more tests, quote unquote, in how we're talking to see how the conversation is going. And then you decide if you can sense this person is not feeling too good and if you want to pursue that path or if you're just going to exit the conversation and come another day when they are ready, you understand? So I think the problem is, I think mm. sometimes we get to stock up in our, our hell and our head and our sense of self and we forget that, you know, this is another human being as well and has their own experiences. So everything shouldn't always be centered around you. And sometimes, and it's weird, well, that's why I said it's hard to paint it black and white because you can't then always pressure people to tell you what's wrong because sometimes they're not ready to talk about that and you have to be okay with that. I was still having a conversation with uh, my, my husband a couple of uh, minutes ago about you know, some of the experiences that she's had and, and we've had as well. And it's the fact that, you know, I think as you go older, as you, as you learn a bit more and as you deliberately learn how to interact with other human beings, um, there's certain things that you know that are not just black and white. And there are sometimes you know where you have to, you know, withdraw and put the other person first. There are other times when, you know, you need to elevate yourself first in the conversation. And it's this kind of dance. I keep saying dance because it, really it really is a dance at the end of the day. Yeah, so, it is an accurate word. Yeah. So, so I'm not going to say, so we, with, with exact situations like you described, like someone sending me like, hey or sending me a sticker on whatsapp or sending me something and i'm all in the mood to match that energy and i know i want to talk about why i'm all in that mood then i'll drop cues like that because if the person said hey and my response is oh i'm all in a good mood that's actually worse than <laughs> like it doesn't get us anywhere in that sense because that's more like very yeah. standard and coldish so again i think it's just understanding how to read situations which again can be difficult because some people are just not able to do that like either you know, it's, it's a clinical diagnosis of not being able to read situations like that. And, you know, there's people that don't have that capability. But, you know, I think it's you as the person that now has that capability is your kind of like duty to now carry that conversation, understanding what the other person, you know, is in that situation is what I would say. So um, conversations are hard you work know, is what I'm realizing. <laughs> they, they, they are hard work, I agree. And I think one, one of the most important bits, which, I, which we started off by talking about, which, mm. you know, which I'll turn into now mm. is, you know, is for everyone to understand how, you know, understand the value of the different media of communication, communicating that, that we use, mm. right? Because from your video call to your mobile phone via text to WhatsApp to FaceTime to voice notes to face-to-face, all these forms of interaction have different value. Mm. And I think, you know, they all fall on the spectrum of informational richness. And if we don't understand when and where to use these things, you can, you can either make our experiences of conversations terrible or, or maybe not terrible, but worse or better. Mm. And that's why um, I like to match, you know, the information richness with, with the requirements of what I need to say. Right. So, and by which I mean, how much do I need to say to somebody 
that they can understand across a certain amount of time. Mm. Right? And if I want to talk about something that I think, you know, might be very, very confusing or might have multiple meanings, interpretations, I think text is one of the worst things for that. Right. Yeah. I think I think I think this is, this has been proven in literature anyway, so it's not a new phenomenon I'm spitting here. And this is why Twitter itself is often a paradox because mm. everybody on there is plagued in a state of confusion and equivocality, right? Mm. Not knowing what's going on. But you solve that through a medium that contradicts how to solve that kind of problem mm. in itself. And I think that's why it has this, you know, um it contributes to this. What, what, what I'll call it brings out the angst in people. I don't think people generally are, are, very, are very, very nasty. I think it's people on Twitter that I see, if you see them in real life, they can't, they can't tell you. Someone is something bad on Twitter right now, go, go out of his house, see an old lady on the road, help her carry her bags. <laughs> it happens that way. Mm. You know, but the medium itself just promotes this angst in, in us and even myself because I, I mean I, I, used to, I used to do that a long time ago mm. you know when we started yeah. and I was one of them too on the, on the, on the warrior key, keyboard <laughs> warriors but I don't even know why I stopped but I just stopped at some yeah. point so I think understanding what medium to use mm. and how the medium influence is influenced by so how the medium influences conversation quality is very very important yeah. and if you have like Let's say you have like facts to spit, like what I'll call um high amount of information mm. that is just about factual whatever. Yes, then your textual mobile phones, etc., are good for that. Mm. But when you have like confusing things to tackle, I think it's important for everyone to understand that the mediums at which we use them for are, are, have to be high in you know some audiovisual cues because that's how we see and understand things. Mm. Because me saying something with a smile on my face or with a sadness it makes a whole lot different than when you read it with your own mindset that has, that, that has its own baggage. Yeah, yeah. And also, and also, one problem that I also find with tech communication is that you have a lot of time to compose your thoughts and point of view. Now, while that might be good, well, that might sound like a good thing, right? But for me, it causes, it makes you tailor your response. You overthink things. And you overthink things and you lose some intensity and maybe sometimes miscommunicate your points. Yeah. Right. Now, now, now some people fear that, that oh, um, I don't want to say something that I can't take back. Mm. Which is why it's best to say those things <laughs> in person. Mm. Because, be, because the person you're speaking to immediately clarifies with either a visual look oh, like, what's huh? going on? or yeah. they ask you like, you say, what do you mean yeah. by that? And you can say, oh no, that's not what I mean, yeah. bro. Chill, yeah. hold on. Because when you tweet something, it's like, You've etched it into time. And, You've etched it into and, time. Uh, Tweets are like, yeah. are like, are like advertisement boards and, saying, here's my mind, here's who I am, and here's who yeah. I think you are. And he stamps yeah. it. Yeah. He doesn't put it as, as something that evolve. can be seen as yeah. temporary or evolve. Yeah. God bless yeah. you. Yeah, it's, right? it's, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting. Because beyond, because I'm now looking back at, you know, I guess... I like going back to biblical times and all of these things. I'm trying to look at, you know, letters that they were writing. Like, did they face the same fear of... Because obviously, like, there were synagogues and places where people actually came in to talk about things and stuff. But some of those meetings were centered around reading texts that other people have written and things like that. So I'm just wondering how all of that factors in, like, then and how it factors in now. Or is the Twitter and social media sort of, like, just a very different means? Because I think when people were not just writing their thoughts then, uh, they, they were writing their thoughts to, to 
pass information across from either one generation to the other generation, not necessarily journaling. Maybe journaling came about with the Greeks and Plato's and people like that. But those guys were writing their thoughts because they knew people would argue about them, right? So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you get the point I'm making, like to find out mm. how things have so, shifted. So I think you're, and I think you're wondering, I'm sorry, I think you're, you're, I think what you're saying is, or what you're asking yeah. is, you're wondering how back in the day, um, before, before Christ, after, but yeah. after Christ and death of Christ, um, people often, as the priests, rabbis, whatever, mm. who often um, wrote down either, ep, um, not epistles, but what do you call it? Like rules, yeah. command, not commandments, but rules, all those yeah. things on like synagogues yeah. and stuff. And, and you're wondering how, how did they condense a lot of things into such form and, and, how, and how was that effective for the audience? Mm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so something like that. So, you know, like, so a priest hears from God and yes, he says it out, but he needs to write it and pass that information to the next generation. Um, you know, how is it written? Like, because funny enough, there's this thing in the Bible right, where, you know, people, people that like to, I guess, draw or throw shade at the Bible talk about things that occur differently, right? Maybe a word or this rule was stated this way here. And then in the next chapter or the next book, it's almost contradictory to the rule. Like one typical example was, I think, you should not, you should not, um, you should boil the sacrifice. You shouldn't roast it, right? And then another place says you should roast it, not boil it. Talking about the same command. And another one says you should boil it with fire, right? <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, three, it's, the, it's referring to the same thing, but it occurs in three different versions. And, you know, I was just reading about how, you know, whenever they were writing each new version, they were taking into consideration the times and interpretations that have happened and occurrences that have happened since the last time it was written. And then they were trying to pay attention to the spirit of the law, not necessarily the letter of the law. And I think what ha- what's happening in Twitter now, if I'm trying to put my thoughts together, is that a lot more attention is now paid to the letter than the spirit in which something is said. Because, you know, it's... it's, it's, it's what do you mean by the spirit in which something is said? So when you think about um, law, for example, even in legal, there's, there's a letter of the law and then there's the spirit of the law. So the letter of the law usually tries to communicate what the spirit of the law is. Spirit of the law meaning the intentions you want the law to sort of like achieve, right? So I'm writing this law that says close the gate by 8 p.m., right? The gate should always be closed by 8 so, p.m. That's so that, so, ahead. So, so that will be safe is the intent of the law. But the letter of the law says close the gate by 8 p.m. Now, if it then happens, right, yeah, gotcha. exactly. So if it then happens that, you know, closing the gates by 8 p.m. doesn't really change um, the like doesn't really affect the intent as they they wanted it to. Then you have to rewrite the law to reflect that intent. It doesn't mean that the law was wrong. It just didn't reflect the intent or wasn't reflecting the intent anymore. Right. right. So right. every like it's like it's like biblical authors understood that, <laughs> like they understood that, you know, and still held their certain perspectives. But in this day and age, it's 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 almost the downside of council culture where it's like if you say something, we can't be sure that. We can't be sure of your spirit. So we're just going to assume what, I guess, the general populace thinks your spirit is and then cancel you based on that, regardless of if, you know, it's 10 years or 20 years after. Which is then funny because even in law, there's the statute of limitations where you've, I don't know it doesn't apply, but I'm trying to say that even in, in things like crime and whatever, after a certain amount of time, you can't necessarily punish that crime based on the letter of the law anymore. Why that is, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember why that is. I don't think I've looked into it, but, mm. you know, it's like 
tweets and all these things are now held even into stronger standards and things are actually written into law whereby if you say something like we've kevin hart and everybody that's been counseled for everything that they've said and i'm not saying you shouldn't counsel people like this is not an appeal to say people should say what they want to say but i'm just like we've we have this tendency to want to put things into black and white boxes and that never <laughs> i don't know we're just in this dance where it never really works out well right so it's like cancel joe rogan's po- I, keep, I don't know why i keep going back to this but like cancel this guy's podcast or i'm taking my things off your platform da, 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 da. and you're like why are we doing this <laughs> i'm like is that even a conversation because you know so i would I don't. Yeah. I, I have an answer for that. Yeah, but I'll give that in next ep- in the episode three. We're gonna release. Release. Okay. But yeah, we should actually be wrapping um, this up now. But yeah. Yeah. Um. But I think the answer is very very simple. Mm. And and it falls in the idea of man's an animal that is bound to worship something regardless of what it mm. is. We have to worship something. Absolutely. And that's where I live it. And people are choosing what to worship. Mm. And what you're, what we're choosing to worship influences. You might think it's you might say in the olden days they worship idols. We are worshiping something else that is not an object. It's not it's not statutory. Mm. Not statutory. It's not tangible, mm. but it's an idol mm. still. Mm. And it's called ideology. Mm. And 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 that's where I leave that in. <laughs> but back to the conversation. Um so let's just wrap up with what we feel our dues. I feel like there's a lot more that probably we could have covered, but it's such a complex yeah it's dynamic yeah. conversation and i and i and, I, and, I, and unfortunately guys i don't know any psycholinguistic person <laughs> um if i did i bring them on but we don't know but i think this is a good starting point to understand that conversation is uh, not as deep but it's, it's important for us not to take it for granted because it is a regular occurrence in our daily lives it makes up how mm. we can communicate in the world mm. so having a way to understand how to make productive use of it is very very important yeah what are your dues of conversation, bro? What are your dues? Let me share my dues okay. first. Yeah. I'll share one. Yeah. Um, so this is just based off my research interviews, podcast, podcast conversations I've had mm. to my events event as, as I'm representing the university. So one thing that I found that really helps is with strangers mm. is using their name in conversation. Mm. All right? So when you meet somebody for the first time, I know it's hard to remember names, very, very hard. But what I found helps in conversation always is repeat your name like once every 10 minutes or five minutes in your, in your chat. Mm. So maybe you meet somebody called Ade or Phil, whatever. And like, oh, what's your name? And they say that like, my name is Ade or my name is Phil. And then you're talking about, let's say you're talking about, about the place, the supermarket that, 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 you, all, that you all bought this, let's say you bought your new tire from, for example. Mm. And you can just go, oh, by the way, Phil, do you know about this kind yeah. of stuff? And that makes that makes the person really feel like they're being mm-hmm. heard in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah. So that's something I like to do. I like to use name conversation. And that works particularly well for me with strangers. strangers. Yeah. Yeah. I think um for me, if I'm just meeting someone for the first time where it's a very like casual like acquaintance, um, I like to I like to center the story around the person. Like I like to give them my attention and focus, right? So paying attention, actually listening to what they're saying and not just trying to say the next thing you understand. And so, um, and asking, this one is almost a, I won't call it a joker or anything, but it's like asking questions. I know that they're not used to getting from strangers. Um, if it's, if it's comfortable enough and just making them feel like good about the conversation they're having with me is how I like to, 
is, is how I like to do because I think one thing I like to do a lot of times when I go into any kind of situation is to imagine what I would want that situation should be like for me. Like what would make me feel good in that? And then just try to mm. push that out to the next person and see how, how it responds. You understand? So if, yeah, if, if I really want to talk about my day, instead of talking about my day, I just ask the person how their day went, you understand, and see how the conversation goes. If there's something, you know, that I really want to share, as opposed to making it about myself, particularly if it's someone I don't really know, I try to prompt them to do something about that first. And hopefully they give me the space to also share as well. But what that does really is just to make the person feel like, okay, yeah, you, you really want to have this conversation with them and there's just attention being paid, you know, to the interaction that we're having. So that's what I, I tend to do. Um, and mm, mm. yeah. And actually with interviews, so I, you were telling me about this interview you had earlier today. And, you know, I remember a very bad experience that I had, you know, interviewing during the KPMG thing in Nigeria at the time. And honestly, that really informed how I approach interviews when I'm on the receiving end. Like I knew everything that I felt there that didn't feel good. I actively like look for ways to make sure that's not the case, right? So whenever I'm interviewing people, I understand that the person probably wants to stay as much as they want. And, you know, they're trying to put down their best behavior and there's a lot of tension that is usually there. So I usually just try and disarm that tension at the start. Not with like platitudes or anything, but I literally just try to make it like I'm having a conversation. I'm still asking important questions, but I think we forget how the way and manner in which you speak and how you line the questions and your demeanor in conversations. It goes a long way. Mm-hmm. It goes a longer way than the actual words that you're actually saying. Um, so summary, I think my favorite word, deliberate. Be deliberate about any conversation that you're having and you will pick up on cues. Because there's another thing about like, you can't, it's, there's no right rule. There's no, like following rules, rules, when it comes to conversation can change because situation and context will always change. But if you're deliberate about the conversation that you're about to have and the intentions you have in the conversation, you learn how to pick up on the cues that would help you have better conversations. Things like, because the only reason why you knew the name thing worked is not because you read it somewhere. It's probably because you did it one time, maybe subconsciously, but you've, you saw the effect it had and you're like, oh, okay, this is something I could continue. But if you weren't paying attention to that conversation, you'd have just said the name and maybe until you read it somewhere, yeah. you had to sign up for a class and you now realize that, oh, saying a name is a good thing and things like that. So that's kind of like how I feel about um, all of this. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a good point. I think the listening one is obviously undefeated. That's a skill that every day I'm trying to learn, 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 because it's just not easy to, people think, I think, I think we all often think we know how to listen, mm. but it's such a complex <laughs> skill. Mm-hmm. Because listening involves you not waiting to reply, regardless of what you want yep. to say. Listening involves you ensuring that you understand to some level of empathy as mm. well what the person's trying mm-hmm. to say. Listening is, is, make, is you making sure that the person feels like you are there taking in what they are mm. saying. Listening is a lot of things. <laughs> and you have to do all of this while remaining often silent. <laughs> yeah. It is a mad thing to do. So I think that's a skill that I think obviously every book will tell you that's important. Mm. Every CEO will tell you that's important. It is really important. Mm. Um, and now for me, I, I think my list probably applies most to strangers because that's, that's often the context in which the area yeah. that I've, I've thrived in. Um, and now for me, is eye contact. Mm. Very, very hard, to be honest. But I learned that, I, I, I try and practice that a lot. Eye contact, mm. you know, stay with the eyes. If you find it hard to look at the eyes, just look at the mid, middle of the head <laughs> in that sense. But I like to eye contact because it also helps me listen. Mm. In a way, and and you, eye contact like once you maintain eye contact for like a couple of seconds, you definitely do share something with that person that makes you stay in that conversation 
to a certain extent. Mm. Also, I think it's good to let your flaws show, particularly when you're talking to people yep. who might be nervous yep. or people yep. who might feel like they have more to learn from you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also found that that's be helpful, particularly when I'm talking to um, new students, particularly, or even parents as well. Because um, like you can talk about a lot of things you do and, and, and they think, oh, you know, how am I going to be like this person or whatever? Mm. They, some of them think that way. And you just show a regular year or like, oh, shit, I, I, I had a crap first year. Terrible. Mm. You know, and mm. they on your laugh. I talk about why yeah. in that sense. Um, what else? I think one thing I'm not, I'm not sure about, but I think works is I'm actually not sure. When you're in a room full of, um, not a room, but a crowd, a group, let's say five, four, mm. and that you have introverts and extroverts, I try and engage introverts first because I think others naturally follow. Mm. So because introverts have more work, you have to put them more work to them to get them involved. So there's people you meet who, let's say you're talking to a group of people, for example, and there's always some that just, there's those who you, who you see at the start that are receptive towards you. They're already about to share a laugh. But mm. others will just stay in their shell. They don't, they don't give a crap who you are. I think those are the ones that I like to, I won't say target because it sounds manipulative and diabolical. <laughs> but those are the ones that I, I think require focus, particularly in the, in the early first 10 minutes because yeah. they're the ones that are used to people maybe not giving them a lot of energy. Mm. Right? And once you can hack them, the other, the other group who probably knows them, or who probably sees, their, sees, sees them as introverts too, also realize that, hang on a minute, if, if this person is also... I'm yeah. opening up then something good is really happening. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But again, this is not proven. I just I just suspect this is the case. Yeah. The, um down, Yeah, go on. Yeah, I was gonna say that that one is a tricky one because I'm usually that I tend to be that person in a room by choice sometimes. Just again, um most of us are like people watchers, in, introverts in that sense. So we get into a room and we can have a conversation. People but, watchers. You yeah. guys just love your your new slogans, don't you? <laughs> yeah, no watchers. Yeah, but it's it's like you sit down and just observe people and you know and because sometimes though i don't actually like engaging in conversation with loud people so people that you know are very define loud people so jesus not not in a negative sense per se but just people that are very extroverted and have high energy in those kinds of situations like want to get everybody involved in the conversation you know cracking a joke you know, being trying to be the center of attention and just get, and sometimes for good reasons, like to get everybody. So good. basically, Nigerians. Most Nigerians, I guess. Yes, I don't like. Sometimes, um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I tend to recede into a shell in those kind of situations, right? Um, I, I prefer is <clears throat> where I think I prefer one to one or smaller settings. Um, and to be fair, like in a group of friends, I would still I can I can be the center of attention, but I don't know. There's just something about a group of strangers and somebody trying to force this camaraderie and try to make everybody, you know, like I was in a bus one day and we're going to some, some we're taking a, a trip to the beach and decided to play this game in the car where everybody was supposed to like stand up and introduce themselves and say something nice, like say something, again, just let, let, let's get to know you. What do you yeah, do? Yeah, Bro, yeah. like I, I was just praying that we would get to the destination before it was my turn because... Like, not because I couldn't do it, or I was shy, uh, but dude. I was just like, like, it was just, and like, people would talk, and someone would come and say something, and everybody would comment and do that, la, la, and I was just saying it. Yeah, yeah, but that's the point of the game, though, to get everybody to mix. That's the actual I point. I know, but some people, I just felt some people were going overboard with it, and it was just, 
And then some people will speak or stand up and then, even because my people watching thing was also happening, some people will stand up and, you know, try to do the most with their intro, like, oh, da 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 and everybody would laugh at a joke that wasn't really that funny. And everybody's all like, ah, da, da. and I'm like, I need like four drinks or five drinks in me to be able to do this. No, bro, come on. <laughs> I mean, like, once in, a, once in a bus full of people like that, let's say like 20 ah, people geez, at least. Lord. You're already exposed to different kind of personalities that we have yeah. that we have on earth. Yeah, I know. So you should expect to see the rainbow of personalities that know that, that that I know, I know, but it's, it's the ones that tend to be dominant that I don't like, right? So it's like, you know, there's a rainbow of prof- there's a rainbow of personalities in there, but the ones that are the loudest are the ones that are naturally loud and they kind of like drive the room in their own preferred direction. You understand, right? And so, mm. you know, it then becomes we that we're not like that have to then pander to their game because they're the ones that sort of like have the flow in that sense so i think that's my the best kinds of like um people that bring people together are the ones that identify that not everybody enjoys the same kind of activity and try to balance things out you understand because if they stood up mm, and said mm. let's play a game it's like a word game or something that would definitely have appealed to me you understand as opposed to just this random ass let's introduce ourselves and da 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 you understand so but you know what's yeah. funny yeah when you talk about 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 the jokes that are not funny yeah one of my um, dudes as well is never forget your, your best jokes and always reuse them. Mm. Because I learned that from, actually, I, le- I learned that from um, the former vice chancellor of where mm. I am at. And whenever, because I, I had the chance to be around him a number of times when he's giving him, when he's meeting, when he's meeting people, parents or yeah. he's giving talks to people. And obviously, I've, I've heard his jokes a billion times. <laughs> Like I had the same joke. Yeah. Like like when saying the joke, I kind of finish up my mouth. <laughs> but I I but I watched the audience and they loved they love yeah. it. And I realized, hang on, it doesn't really matter. Why am I cringing? Mm. What he's doing is working. <laughs> it's doing the job for the audience, I guess. And yeah, but 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 that is who matters at that yeah, point. Yeah, 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 I guess. All right, because even though even even though it's a reused joke, somebody from there will be confident enough to ask a question that maybe might be bothering mm. them. I feel comfortable in that yeah. moment. And that's something that I adopted in a way. So I, when I'm talking to people, whether it's um, doing research or in a class, giving a lecture, if, if, some, if something that it's I know I like say is yeah, funny, yeah. That, yeah. That I, I pretty much just keep it, you know, take, take, take a note yeah. of it. And it yeah, works. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know? I, I think it's about also reading the room as well. Because even in my interviews, I almost start the same way, right? You understand, right? And I, I know it disarms people a lot. Like, once you jump on a call, and so something, I'm almost going to ask you where you're calling from at the moment. And you say something, then I say where I'm calling from, ask you if you've been. And that just opens a lot more door because, you know, it, I, that, I guess that's not like fun, something funny, but it's just something that really gets it going because some people come into a call, like they've been on five other calls, they're the next one on their, <laughs> the next one on their list. And well, again, I think it's, it's actually less about what you're saying, but the genuine interest and the intention behind what you're saying. You understand? You're, 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 the guy you just mentioned picking the jokes, you know, his intention is to calm the room down, like, you know, disarm any tension that is there. His intention is not to be funny, to be the funny guy. You understand? So I think that's also another bit that... No, but, but it could be to be the funny guy because being a funny person often makes you more charming and yeah. that, that makes you more, maybe yeah. much more relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And- I guess different folks, strokes are different folks. Because this is the goes beyond conversation. We should probably wrap it up here. But you know, there are some guys that um, when, they, when they meet new ladies or when they're trying to interact with ladies, they're always, there's, 
I know a Pascal guy. I know his MO all the time. He's always like, if there's a bit of familiarity <laughs> between him and the uh, lady, he's always a bit like hands on and stuff like that. And there's, I always, again, I people watch a lot. So I can tell the ladies that are. Man, that, that, that sounds a bit, a bit creepy. creepy. Whatever it is, you guys can Google and call. watch. <laughs> but I, I obs- told you, give me Joe vibes. Joe, yeah, you mentioned from you. <laughs> oh my God. But I'm just saying, like, you notice the people that are fine with it um and the people that are like eh but i don't want to cause any more trouble so let me just go and other people yeah. that outrightly like push people away and so like i observe things like that and just i think but you know that some people just have the way they do things their mo of how they operate and i think sometimes it's actually important to read the room and read the conversation before like doing anything um there's no hard and fast rule about it is what i like to say sometimes you know it takes the small wind or like a loud to pass an information across or pass any information across so choose the right also just to end with this as well i think one thing that is often is often like a big fear is everyone just says oh i don't want it to be awkward i and i think mm. this is if you read on the internet the internet says this every time awkwardness does not exist only if you it's only awkward if you make you awkward like the f- idea of being awkward requires a collaborative effort and and if mm. you don't think it's awkward then it's actually not awkward you know, I mean, things can be embarrassing. Obviously, if you fall down on the on the road and you spill your spill on your clothes, people look at you and might be funny. But when you're one on one with somebody, I think you feel like oh, this is awkward. But it's just a matter of what you think it is. Yeah, it actually is. When you're Anyways, giving like, okay, um, yeah. yep. No, no, go, 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 go. I was just gonna no, I was gonna add to that and say like, when you're giving like public speaking as well, um. I don't know where they, and I don't know how you do this as well. Like not public speaking, but like group of people. Yeah. Whether it's twenty to thirty or five. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine I'm talking to one person at a time. You know, and yeah. that always helps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, instead of thinking about it, talking talking to the entire room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talking to one person at a time, and in fact, sometimes just like you pick, pick what, in your first yeah, ten minutes, pick you somebody pick, that you pick you, just and you vibe with the person. six people yeah. and vibe with them, and vibe, and vibe, and vibe with them, yeah. and then you're you're. And then people are wondering, oh, why is she not looking at me? And then when you look at them, they're like, <laughs> they're like okay, yes, it's come attention. Yeah, yeah. Um, the funny thing, the tangent I was going to go on is that I think one thing I've had to learn is to be comfortable with um, some kind of silence. Um, I have the tendency, yeah. I have the tendency to want to fill up silence. And it's actually why I don't like some one-on-one conversations sometimes. Particularly if I don't have any, even people that I'm friends with and I know, like it takes me to get a certain level with you where, if we're both in a room and we're keeping quiet, like that's fine. But sometimes, if I only know you partly and everything is quiet, I, I'm like, yeah. Then I ask a question. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's why I actually don't talk to a lot of new people. Like, I, <laughs> I don't talk to new people a lot, right? I, I wait till there's enough context. Like, I we can be we can come to my dance group for the first time. I'm the person that might, you know, dance with you, ask you for a dance, but I don't have. I don't even. I don't even ask for your name. I don't do anything. I just go then. Oh my oh, god! It's not like uh, it's not like won't you like feel used? No, the point is I can't dance with somebody for like five ten minutes. And I don't even know their name, bro. There's so many that like there's no time to be asking you. The music is loud, all of those things. Like, oh my days! You're holding waist and you're not asking the for communication. Name. So no, if I'm so, a girl, I'll take that. Oh I'll take please, it, I'll, there, I'll be offended. there's non-verbal communication already happening in the dance. Like if you're having a conversation, the conversation is you guys dancing. It doesn't have to be a verbal disclosure of our government names so anyways but oh, the government names now interesting <laughs> but after like you know after some time you know um but it, it's actually tricky because when you now ask for the person's name the person's not like wait we've been dancing for like 
what we've danced like a month already and now you're just asking for my name but i feel it's unfair to people because my name gets called i don't know if it's me but my name gets called out a lot and it's so freaking annoying easily to remember so like my trick though is when i don't remember someone's name i kind of like when i meet them I'm like, if i meet them and i'm supposed to know their name already i'm like oh wait how do you even spell your name actually like i just i just say that and they spell it out ah, and, uh, to remember their name. fair enough yeah yeah Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one, actually. <laughs> I think that's one of the best uh, things we've done in podcast ever. Because I've never actually did that before in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, okay. Yeah. Well, for anyone listening, that's a good one that Toby just dropped. Yeah, just... Mad. Yeah. Mad. But anyways... Um, so if you meet somebody whose name you can't remember, just, just, ask, them, them. just ask them how they spell their name. Their name. I mean, yeah. if their name is Sam, oh. then, you're, then you're obviously screwed. Yeah, exactly. You know obviously. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's obviously, yeah. So that's the trick. I think it works better in this West African context because everybody always has like special, special yeah, names, yeah, you understand? Yeah. So I haven't been like, burnt by it yet. Yeah. S-A-M. S-A-M. You're like, how else do you spell Sam? They're like, oh no, I actually knew someone that had um, a P in their oh, name. I thought yeah. Sam with a C. With a C, exactly. <laughs> like, Sam bro. with a C is calm, bro. bro. You can make it work and you can just be like, uh, sorry, I'm Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the thing like you can turn it into a joke at the end of the day so there, there are ways to get out of it but anyways uh, tips tips from Molly let's and call this home yes sir please it was let's very... call this home um, <laughs> but I guess today's chat was just to understand or try to understand try attempt mm. to understand what makes a good conversation mm. and, is the, and is the art of good conversation neglected in today's digital age yeah right even though we use them to develop relationships mm. and connect with people how are we navigating conversations to the best possible way? Mm. And how do we know whether we're losing our art yeah. of having the best conversations? Yeah. And I think this is just a call for you guys listening to try and pay attention. Do like yeah. a quick YouTube video, you know, do some research on how to have better conversations with people. And be thankful mm. for it because people then gravitate towards you in different different and you then become mm. you know, a good conversation, mm. which is not a bad to be yeah traits to have yeah absolutely absolutely i think you know one, one thing we try to do with the podcast is to spark thoughts right and so this is a thought that might be interesting for you to think about and again you you'd be surprised how these random tidbits you know go a long way to improving your overall experience or human experience so hopefully let's leave you with that um we catch you next week follow us on social media everywhere that we exist on instagram twitter and all of the above but it's a new season um we're doing this for the seventh time in a row. It's getting fun. Getting Thanks, fun. everybody. Um, it's good to be back. Thank you. And have a good week, day, month, whatever oh, time on the right. time you're listening. Goodbye. Cool, cool. Over and out. Hey there, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Yellow Pale Podcast. If you liked our show, please support us by giving us a five-star rating and review. And also be sure to share with your friends, siblings, colleagues, and anyone you think might enjoy the episode. Another way to support us is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every Monday, but don't forget to follow us at the Yellow Pill Pod on Instagram to stay in touch with us during the week. That's at the Yellow Pill Pod on Instagram. Once again, thank you for taking the Yellow Pill with us today. I'm your co-host Wally, and right next to me is Toby, and we wish you the very best in the coming week. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love.